Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Now we're in the middle of this series. We started last week. I introduced you RPMS, Relationships, Physicality, Mental Health and to do with our spirituality. And today we've got our very own pastor, Katie Campbell here with us. So would you put your hands together and welcome her as Katie comes and brings the next part in our series of RPMS. Hello. Thank you, Mr. Darling. How are we in the room? We good? Good online? Good to see you today. I want to kick off by telling you something that broke my heart, if that's all right. Something that really broke my heart. I was talking to a a friend in this church or someone who I've come to know more recently. And she's been around for a little while and she said to me, I just don't feel like I've got any friends. I just don't feel like I've got any friends. And the reason that broke my heart, well, one of the reasons, is I remember when I started coming to C3... As a 16, 17-year-old girl, I can't remember who preached. I can't remember the songs we were singing. But what I remember, what I remember most are the people that said, hey, I'll pick you up. I will bring you to church. The people that said, I'm going to save you a seat next to me in church today. The people that text me um, when I was doing my driving test, even on the third time, any third time driving test passes, come on, we're better drivers because of it. Even on the third time, people would still text me and they would say, I am, I'm praying for you. They were really praying by that point, but they would text. And the thing that really broke my heart when she was talking is I remember how important those friendships were to me. I really remember. And so how important are our friendships? what I got thinking about this week. How important are our relationships? Harvard um, have been doing a, it's the longest study ever on happiness. So they have found 724 guys and they've been tracking them since they were teenagers, some of them now in their 90s. And these are guys who, different backgrounds, some of them have grown up um, in very rich backgrounds, some of them in some of the poorest areas of Boston in the States. And they've been tracking them. And they've been thinking, okay, what is it that leads to happiness? And they have found that some of us and some people are are predisposed. Some of our genetics do cause us to be happier people. But they also found that 40% uh, 40 of our happiness comes from the choices we make. 40%. It's pretty high. They also found that happiness is most profoundly influenced by the quality of our relationships. Our happiness directly colorates, I can't say the word, thank you, (laughs) to our relationships, how we're doing with our spouse, how we're doing with our family, with our friends, with those in our workspace. It impacts us so deeply. So I'm really excited that I get to talk today in the RPMS series all about relationships relationships. Pastor Steve last week talked about this verse. Jesus increased in wisdom, it's found in Luke 2, and stature and favor with God and men. I love that. You know that word there, increased, it's actually in the Greek, it talks about Jesus 
progressed. He became more steadily wiser and bigger. He intentionally grew in those areas. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can look at that kind of well-being stuff and think, oh, that's a nice worldly thing, isn't it? Like, oh, well-being, yeah, let's self-care and all that. But no, Jesus did this. And if Jesus did it, we must take it seriously. Steve also said, great relationships are not a fluke. They take work. It's true, hey? They take work. So right now, if you're making notes, maybe note down some of these questions to think about right now or in the week. Who recharges you relationally? Who recharges you relationally? Which relationships are draining you? What's going well in your marriage, maybe, or in a best friend relationship? And what's not going well? What would you like to change? Who is your closest friend and how are they growing you? What are relationships like at work? And I don't know if you've ever asked people around you this, this one, but what's it like on the other side of me? It's a bit of a scary question, going home and asking uh, someone you live with, what's it like to live with me? What's it like to work with me? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. Good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrance incense of God's presence. Who are those friends that awaken your soul? Who are those friends that awaken your heart, refresh you, replenish you? We have to be intentional about building time in with them. I'm going to show you a photo right now because I want to big up C3 groups. Anyone in C3 group? C3 groups? Yes. <laughs> this is Wednesday night in our house. This was our C3 group this week. And I just want to big up some people since um, it's quite a new group. And if you have been in a C3 group, I'm sure you'll know the first few times are a little bit awkward. They're a little bit uncomfortable. So we've done the whole icebreakers, which I'm sure are not of God because they just are awful icebreakers. <laughs> but we all sit and we've done that. We've done icebreakers, but we're finally at the point where it's like, okay, we're jellying. We, we know people. And so... Uh, we've got Kevin and Esther over here. These guys have taught me so much about fun, what it means to be fun. Jordan here has taught me so much about faith. You can't really see Phil and Lauren. They look like they're in the light over there. But they've taught me so much about godliness. And I just wanted to take a moment to big up C3 groups. Because C3 groups honestly are an area where some of these guys I would never have built relationship with outside of gathering midweek and praying together. In fact, we've got someone, Josh and I at the moment, we're really believing for this guy to know Jesus. And so we've been praying as a group for this guy. And last week, we got to have an amazing conversation with him all about God and about church. And I knew that some of that only happened. Maybe even my confidence to have that conversation came out of these guys praying and creating an expectation of, come on, we're going to stand together in faith. And we're believing as a group that he's going to join our C3 group. And so just wanted to take a moment. It would be wrong to talk about relationships without talking about C3 groups. I'm going to talk a little bit about friends to our destiny, because some of those guys are becoming friends to my destiny. And each of us, we've got people that we need them to get to where God wants us to go. I'm going to pick up a story in Luke 1, Luke 1, 41, if you want to join along with me. And this is 
the story of two friends, two friends that needed each other, that God used each other to get the goodness out of them. And so this is found in the story of Mary and Elizabeth. Mary has just been told, just before we pick up in 41, she's just been told that she is going to carry the Son of God by an angel. And she's like, hang on, how can that be? I'm a virgin. How is that going to happen? And the angel says, um, it it says, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. And she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. And this is where we pick up. She's gone to see her friend. She's gone to see her close friend, Elizabeth. It says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who believed. This is someone, imagine someone coming to you and and literally saying, I'm about to birth the Son of Man. And then her friend goes, well, blessed are you. Blessed are you that the Lord would fulfill his promise in you. She spoke faith straight away into Mary. So my first point is this. Elizabeth became friends to Mary's destiny. Elizabeth became a friend to Mary's destiny. This news here, it causes even Elizabeth, who had a history of being barren, it causes the baby to leap in her womb. It causes her to be filled with the Spirit. And I want to tell you there are friendships that will cause us to something in us comes alive because of a friendship with that person. Dreams, maybe. Maybe callings like this. Maybe God things that they come alive when we get to talk to one another about the things of God. So let's look for friends that point us to Jesus. Let's look for those people. We hear God, don't we, so much through the people we're around. I know for me, I hear the Holy Spirit so much through Josh, my husband. The Bible talks about draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We get to choose how close we draw near to God. But, you know, we also get to choose how close we draw near to people of God people of God, because they can draw out stuff in us. My second point is this. Imagine Mary visited a friend who didn't understand her calling. So imagine, instead of going to Elizabeth, imagine Mary goes to a friend who, there would have been a lot of people in that culture who believed, okay, well, as a result of you being pregnant as a virgin, you're, you're going to be stoned because they wouldn't get it. They'd think you committed adultery, you're, you're going to be stoned to death. There could have been a lot of people that she could have gone to and said, this is what situation is, and they would have spoken fear rather than faith into her life. Even Joseph, even Joseph, the Bible talks about, he was faithful to that law, and so he did not want to expose her public disgrace, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Even Joseph was considering that. There are many people she could have gone to who would have spoken fear. And I wonder how that might have changed things for Mary. I wonder if some of that joy of, yes, the Lord has fulfilled his promise in me. I wonder if that might have been robbed from her. I wonder if any passion for the things of God might have um, kind of ceased as a result. 
Let's be intentional about who we go to for what. Sometimes when we're unintentional, we can become a bit harsher. We can become a little bit um, maybe insensitive because busyness and maybe tiredness, they can rob us of some of our best relationships. They can rob us. I'm um, learning a lot at the moment about emotional intelligence. It's a book that Angie has um, encouraged us to read as a staff team. And if you are interested in this, you should definitely check it out, Emotional Intelligence. And it talks a lot about we need to be a bit curious about one another. And sometimes we get so busy, don't we, in the kind of meetings or whatever it might be, that we can miss stuff along the way. And maybe, maybe we can get a bit too busy that we miss the most important relationships. I'm going to read a little bit about this book, something it suggests. Didn't someone say life is about the journey, not the destination? To become socially aware, we need to remember to enjoy the journey and notice people along the way. When you are focused on getting to the next meeting or starting your next class or seeing your next patient or making it to all your client sites or hurrying to send an email, you're missing the people between points A and B. Why not commit some time to the journey, take some time to walk around the place where you work and notice your surroundings? Go on a short tour and get in tune with other people, their emotions, and refocus your attention on some of the smaller yet critical social clues that exist right under your nose. During any workday, take just a 15 minutes to observe things you've never noticed before. Things to look for, maybe the feel of people's workspace, the timing when they move around the office, how they seek interaction. Schedule it in. Maybe twice a week, twice a month. And on the days that you tour, be sure to avoid making assumptions and conclusions. Just simply observe. You'll be amazed what you see along the way. I read that and thought, imagine if we all got a little bit better at doing that. Imagine if we all got a little bit more curious about what's going on in each other's lives. What would that look like? And then lastly... Imagine Mary had stopped loving because she had lost. See, Mary went to Elizabeth, who called out the goodness in her. But just imagine for a moment if maybe she had put up some defenses, maybe she had put up some, some things in her life that has caused her to isolate. How might that have looked different? I love what Steve said there at the start. It's 1 Thessalonians. You do not grieve like the rest of mankind. That's not how we grieve with people with no hope. But imagine, and maybe she was grieving some stuff that, imagine, could have overcome her, that had isolated her. Not just death of loved ones necessarily, but maybe different things that each of us can grieve. Maybe it's changes of relationship. Maybe today there's uh, changes in health can cause us to grieve. Maybe children leaving home. There's stuff sometimes that causes us to grieve and we let it isolate us. Almost as a, a story we make up in our lives. We all make up stories, each of us. There's no point maybe of loving people deeply. Everyone's going to leave me. And then what we do is we make up a rule to support the story. So a rule to that story could be, I'm not going to go deep with anyone. I'm going to protect my heart. I'm going to protect myself. And maybe as we talk about relationships a little bit today, maybe the first step for some of us is looking at our relationship with ourselves. 
In order to move forward and do the thing that Jesus did, he increased, he increased in favor in those areas. In order to do that, maybe we need to look at our relationship with self. Because we can be our own best friend, but we can also be our own worst enemy. Romans 12 talks about, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Maybe, for some of us, it's thinking, what are the stories I've made up? What are the stories I made up? I remember, who was at Brief Conference in the room? Brief Conference was great, wasn't it? I remember having a, when I first came into church probably, thinking, I do not want to be involved in women's meetings ever. (laughs) I don't want to be involved because I've been asked to lead the children's group as part of our women's ministry that we ran and I used to look in as I was setting up kids and all these women would just be in tears. They'd all be crying and they'd all have tissues and I was like, it just doesn't look fun. (laughs) I don't want to be involved in that. And I remember talking to the person who was responsible for those meetings at the time saying, I just think I don't like women's ministry. I don't think I like women's meetings like that. And she asked me why and I said, well, they all just cry. (laughs) They all just cry. And she challenged me. She said, well, what is it in you that is reacting to that. I was like, I'm not ready for this. I was in the right. I wanted to have fun. I was not ready for the challenge. But actually, I had made up a story that vulnerability is weakness. And so my rule to support that was, well, I'm not going to be vulnerable with anyone. I'm not going to open up with anyone. And it causes us, this is my art attack, as my husband called it (laughs) earlier. It causes us to be maybe a little bit isolated, got some friends that are going to help me with my um, DIY project. (laughs) But I maybe had been a bit isolated like that. Ephesians 3 says, Together with all the Lord's holy people, then you may have power to grasp how long, how high, and how deep the love is of Christ. Because here, here's all right. Here I I can be good with God. But actually, look at the reach of this. (laughs) When I get together with God's holy people, when I come together, God loves this. God commands favor and blessing upon this. And so often I think, maybe we get hurt. And the enemy would love for, oh, this group will just, oh, come off here. Oh, sorry, leg. (laughs) The enemy loves this. The enemy loves isolation. The enemy loves taking people out. But God says, no, together is better. Together, look at how much further we reach. Thank you guys for your help. Look at how much further we reach. There's only so much we can do alone. Elizabeth needed a Mary and Mary needed Elizabeth. They needed each other. They became friends to each other's destiny. They said, wow, what God is doing in your life is awesome. Mary even caused maybe something that was barren to come to life, to leap for joy within Elizabeth. We need one another. And as we close, I'm going to offer a chance for some of us to respond to this message by choosing to forgive today. Something I've heard Pastor Angie talk to me a lot about is hurt people hurt people. And it's true. 
Because sometimes in our hurt, we become isolated. We become, I'm going to numb the pain. But actually, today I want to offer an opportunity for anyone who needs to forgive some relationships in order to move forward to do so. And sometimes, in fact, always, forgiveness is the first step in order to restore a relationship. We have to first forgive. We have to first forgive. And I'm going to spend my final couple of minutes telling you a little bit about someone I had to forgive. I grew up with a dad who was an alcoholic. And so my dad, he moved from Kenya at the age of 19 to Cambridge. And in order to cope with that and all the culture change and, and things, he, he drank very heavily. And when I was born, he managed to stop drinking for long periods of time. And as soon as he would drink, though, he'd be gone for days, maybe weeks, and my mum wouldn't know where he was. And there was one time, in fact, my first memory, we have to remember traumatic stuff, don't we? But I remember being in my cot and my mum pushing a wardrobe against the door so that my dad couldn't get in to the room because he'd been drinking and he got violent at times. And so that caused my mum and dad to separate and me and my mum moved elsewhere. And my, my dad would still come for days out. He'd pick me up for days out and I had in my front room a big window that I would look out of, I'd get ready, I'd sometimes put on like my best clothes and uh, pack my bag sometimes with pictures I'd done in the week at school or stuff I was desperate to show my dad. And I'd sit at this window and I would wait. And quite often, my dad would never come pick me up for those days out. And quite often, I would just kind of feel numb to it. Sometimes I'd go cry into a pillow. Other times I'd just feel, oh, I'll just accept it. It is what it is. Until probably I was, well, 15, 16, my mum got very sick. And for six months of my life, my dad really stepped up. My mum had to be in a wheelchair. She was not well. And my dad really, really stepped up. He was there for me. He would care for me. We connected like we never had before. We really did. We spoke about stuff that actually I'd never spoken to him about my whole life. It was like God gave this opportunity to restore a lifetime of a broken relationship. So much was restored. We used to have fun. He took care of me. Until one day, I get a phone call six months after kind of restoring this relationship from my uncle saying, Katie, your, your dad's drunk again. He's been drinking and he's tripped, fallen down the stairs and died very suddenly. And I remember my first emotion was not sad. I didn't cry. I remember being mad. I was so angry. I was so mad at my dad. I thought, but you've only just taken time. We've only just restored so much stuff. We're, we're looking better. I was so cross. And it took me a while to get sad because I was angry. I was so cross. But then, as I began to process it, I began to realize, and looking back now, God gave me an incredible opportunity to restore so much with my dad. And I could have stayed mad. It would have been easy to stay mad and think, that's not the dad I should have had. This is the dad I, I wanted. This is the dad. That's not the dad I needed. And I could have stayed cross. 
But the only person that would have hurt is me. The only person that would have destroyed is me. And I got to choose because of Jesus' gift of not just forgiveness for us, but the gift that we get to forgive others. Because of that, I got to choose. I'm going to forgive my dad. I'm going to remember him for that guy that in those six months was there for me, that showed up. I'm going to remember him as the guy that taught me lots of stuff. We all have that gift of forgiveness today. We all have that gift available for us today. And I really do believe as I was preparing for today, some of you, some of us today, we need to forgive in order to move forward in our relationships. In order to say, I'm not going to isolate anymore. I'm not going to build up walls around my heart. I'm going to be that person that is an Elizabeth to someone, is a Mary to someone. And so right now, why don't we stand to our feet where you are? And if there's prayer team in the room, it'd be great if you could come forward to the front as we begin to close. Maybe today some of you need to forgive others like I did. Maybe you need to forgive God even and say, God, I I don't get it, but I know your ways are higher. God, I don't get it, but I'm choosing to love again, to open my heart up again. Maybe for some people you need to forgive yourself. Maybe like me, it's someone who you thought was going to be there, thought who was going to be the one to speak life words over you. They weren't there. And so you've let that become your narrative inside. Maybe today it's time to forgive yourself. The Bible talks about even Jesus in his own hometown among his relatives, he could not do any miracles there because he was amazed at their lack of faith. Even Jesus in his hometown talks about how they saw him as just a carpenter's son rather than the son of God. And for some people in here, I really believe it's those people who maybe you thought were going to nurture you, were going to protect you, weren't there, and you're holding on to it. It's time to forgive. It's only hurting us. It's only hurting us. It's not hurting anyone else by unforgiveness. So why don't you, super brave, you can start come forward if that's you. I'm going to start beginning to pray and then we're going to sing a song of worship. It's a brave step to say I need to forgive today. Who can we be Mary's and Elizabeth's too? Who can we be those people too? It starts with I'm going to forgive my hurt and I'm going to look to God. Dear Jesus, I pray right now for anyone that needs to deal with areas of unforgiveness, God, whether it's forgiving someone who's done the absolute awful thing, God, whether it's someone who has walked out, someone who has um, hurt in this place, God, I pray today as we lay those things down, Jesus, that our relationships would improve as a result, that we would begin to open our hearts, God, to you and your people, Jesus, that we would be those that call out the great things in one another. King Jesus, I pray that you would begin to restore relationships. God, people that maybe when we don't get it, God, we give it to you today and say, thank you, God, that you are the one who works all things together for the good of those who love you, King Jesus. May you have your way in this place. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. 
Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.